0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fannick, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 514. Hello and welcome to the show. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, rumors are swirling about the new iPad after some leaked renders. And why does Gen Z love subtitles when watching TV shows and movies? And Uniden has released a higher resolution wireless security camera. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the new Google Pixel Buds Pro earphones. We take a look at the Lenovo Slim 7X Pro laptop and we'll tell you about Oppo's affordable new smartphone and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, the rumor mill has already started about the new 10th generation iPad. We're talking about the entry-level iPad here. This is still a very popular product. Hard to believe it's the 10th generation. Oh, just a little side note, little fun fact. I was actually at the launch of the original iPad back in January 2010. Uh, the late Steve Jobs, then Apple CEO, was uh, presented and unveiled the new iPad. So, oh, yeah, that's my little claim to fame, a little place in history there. But fast forward 10 generations later, and the iPad is the subject of several new rumors because there have been some leaked renders that have been unveiled here. Now, the renders have come from a case manufacturer. So, generally, what happens when there's a new iPhone or a new iPad that's about to be released? there's all sorts of information that gets shared in the back channels and it's kind of the industry knows what components have been ordered and what, the, what what they've sort of screens have been there and a lot of dumpster diving to find out exactly what's going on but word gets around especially if you're a case manufacturer because it's critical that your cases will fit the brand new Apple products in this case it's the iPad. And we actually here at Tech Guide, I received an email from the company who had these leaked renders. Now, I'm I'm totally sure that I wasn't the only website that this company emailed, but they did send me an email and I've obviously found it on other sites as well. But the email subject line read tip exclusive, well not so exclusive as it turned out iPad 2022 CAD renders leaked, launch expected soon. Now, there was a link on that email, and that had several images, CAD renders, which is computer-aided design renders, of the what they're calling the 2022 entry-level iPad, the iPad 10th generation. So, yeah, I, I did receive the email. It was a tip but I'm sure that went out to so many other websites. So what what they showed in these renders was was really interesting, actually. So uh, the front of the iPad looks almost the same. It still has a home button uh, and has, yeah, apart, apart from I think maybe slightly shorter forehead and chin on the iPad, on the back, on the rear panel – was a single camera with a flash uh, and it, with a camera bump that's the same as what that what Apple used with the with the iPhone X the iPhone 10 that uh, that oval shaped bump is on the rear panel but they also had a little side on and front on view and the biggest change is the flat edges so it appears that the new iPad 10th generation, if these renders are accurate, uh, is going to follow the same design language as the other iPads in the range, iPad Air, iPad Mini, uh, iPad Pro, with those flat edges. Still has a home button, but with the flat edges and speaker grills are on the top edge and bottom edge, which suggests a quad quad speaker audio system on board as well. Uh, the, the current... Ninth generation iPad, that's what you can buy right now, that has a 10.2-inch display, and they are saying from these renders that it could be possible that the 10th generation may have a larger screen by a few millimeters, possibly either 10.5-inch or 10.9-inch. Now, the new iPad is expected to measure 24.86 centimetres by 17.95 centimetres with a thickness of 6.9 millimetres. Now, the current iPad's dimensions is 25.06 centimetres, so the new iPad will be shorter, 17.41 centimetres, so the new iPad will be wider, and 7.5 millimetres, so the new iPad 10th gen will be thinner. So interesting how the shape slightly changed, not by much, by a millimeter at most, but the these millimeters make a big difference in the overall look and feel of the product. Uh, the other area though of speculation is the fact of whether the iPad, the entry-level 10th gen iPad will still retain its lightning port. It's the only iPad in Apple's portfolio that still sports a lightning port, like the iPhones. Every other iPad, iPad mini, iPad Air, iPad Pro, all have USB-C connectivity. The word is that the new iPad will follow that path and will fall in line with the other iPads and will have USB-C for the very first time as well. So uh, we're expecting the new iPad. The rumor is that they're going to launch the iPad, the new 10th gen iPad, as well as the new iPad Pro models. Uh, Word is they're going to be unveiled sometime in October, but it could very very well be that at the Apple event next month for the iPhone 14, we're expecting mid-September. I think September 13 or 14 is when the event is expected that they could very well may, uh, unveil the new iPad, potentially maybe just the entry-level iPad with the iPhone and maybe have a separate iPad event for the pros. I don't know. Apple don't give us any heads up about this. This is pure speculation, but we could see them as soon as next month if, uh, if, that, if that does go to plan, if, we do, if they decide to release the iPads alongside the iPhone next month interesting you can see the renders from the company by the way is called my smart price I don't that's uh, they've embedded a watermark on all their images that they shared with me as well and shared with many other sites too I'm sure but that that is uh, that's on our website if you want to see what the potentially what the new 10th generation iPad will look like it looks quite smart I would use that if you want to check it out for yourself though you know where to go techguide.com.au this is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Now, here's a really interesting story that has had a lot of reactions from, uh, from readers, from Tech Guide readers, and it's all about subtitles. Now, there's some research from Prepli.com, which is a, a, a language website where you can learn languages, and what they've done is they've done, a, done some research around our use of subtitles when watching TV shows and movies. And would it surprise you to learn that it showed that 70% of Gen Z respondents, okay, so this is people aged between 10 and 25, that's Gen Z, 70% of those respondents watch sometimes or all the time when with their their movies and TV shows with the subtitles turned on. Now, subtitles to me is something that I switch on if it's a foreign language film, or you, you want to understand what's happening. That's generally the only time I, I'd think I'd expect to see subtitles. But it is a growing trend among Gen Z, and my daughter is right in the midst of that. My daughter Haley is is twenty two, so she's definitely in that age group, and she does this as well. And I remember asking her about this. Why why do you have the subtitles turned on? And her answer was well, yeah, so so I don't miss anything. Now I'm not sure whether and she does this when she's watching her any show on TV, so we've got a big screen TV, she still have the subtitles turned on. But I, I imagine that for many of these respondents and the research reflected this, most of Gen Z watch their shows on a device, so a phone or a tablet so that would perhaps account for the fact of the high subtitle usage is that they may be watching a show in a noisy environment so they want to they don't want to miss they don't want to miss what's being said the the fact it might be a smaller device so they want to they want to see uh, as well as hear what's going on as well uh, i don't know whether it's an attention span thing whether they, they, they don't want to lose focus on what they on what they're watching Uh, it's just interesting that they're way out in front. Millennials were second. Millennials, and this is people aged 26 to 41, uh, they were second with 53% saying they used subtitles all or sometimes when watching their shows. Gen X was next. That's uh, 38%. I'm Gen X. I'm part of that. 38% of those said. And baby, Baby Boomers was 35%. That watch with subtitles, and the reactions I've had from readers and 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 listeners on the radio is that uh, a lot of a lot of young people prefer that. They they said they can't watch shows without it. Uh, they have to have the subtitles turned on just so that they're in tune with the show. Personally, I think it just gets in the way. I like to hear it for for what it is, and uh, I don't have the subtitles turned on. But the a lot of US respondents, the reason they gave for having the subtitles was because they couldn't understand the accents clearly. Now, apparently Tom Hardy topped the list of actors who uh, they couldn't understand. And his show, Peaky Blinders, which I haven't watched, but I've heard so many good things about, Peaky Blinders topped the list of the hardest shows to understand because of the heavy accents in it. So Tom Hardy... Who's in *Peaky Blinders*? Double, double whammy! Tom Hardy and *Peaky Blinders* were the most—the actor and show that were used uh, watched with with subtitles. Other actors that were identified as difficult to understand were Sophia Vergara, you know from *Modern Family*, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sean Connery with his uh, thick Scottish accent, Johnny Depp. And Jackie Chan. Now I can, extend, I can understand Jackie Chan and, and Schwarzenegger, and maybe even Sophie Figueroa, But Sean Connery is not too hard to understand. Johnny Depp is he a mumbler? Is that why we need to do that? Some of the other shows that top the list as hardest to understand and required subtitles by the viewers are Game of Thrones. I could, I could get that. There's a lot of there's a lot of accents, a lot of people talking, a lot of things to follow. Outlander. Never seen it, but I understand it's based on the popular book series, and it's a very popular show, *Downton Abbey*, which I love. But I, I could understand that quite clearly. So I guess it's it's sort of in it's not the eye of the beholder, it's the ear of the beholder. It, what they can understand and 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 hear when they're listening to something is probably different to what you and I can understand. So it's it is very much in the ear of the of the listener there, uh, how how they can hear these accents. I did mention earlier that the Gen Z viewers watching their content on a device, 74% of respondents said that they watch on their content on a device and often in public. So that uh, helps keep them focused and uh, and they want to hear the audio. So if they're in public, they might not have the best. They might be on a train or a bus or something and they, they can't hear properly. That's why they do that. But the other, the other reason too uh, for having the subtitles is uh, people listening, to, uh, they want to learn a different language. They want to learn a language. So they, they have – it might be they're listening to the native language and they want the subtitles to understand, okay, okay, so that in English is this. Okay, so they're using this as a tool to learn a language. Uh, one thing – and here's one thing I also do. Another another way I mentioned earlier, subtitles is often – the use of subtitles is to for you to understand a foreign program. So now, especially on Netflix and all the streaming services where there are so many uh, European shows uh, that are appearing on the platform and, and from other parts of the world, but in particular ones of some that I've seen from European and Asian shows like Squid Games, where the choice for the viewer is do I watch it in the native language and read the English subtitles or do I – listen to the english dubbed version now there's two shows that i watched uh squid games was one i decided to watch it in in the english dubbed so the audio that i heard was english language rather than hearing korean and reading english subtitles i decided to hear english from the show i did the same thing from another show called Dark. This is a show on Netflix. It's like a time travel sci-fi show. Excellent show. I think there's three or four seasons. I think it was a German show, but I decided to again to just hear the English rather than having to read read the show. Like I, I, I don't, that that's one th- why reason I don't have subtitles is it kind of distracts me from what's happening on the screen, and I don't want to read the show. I want to hear it and enjoy it. Uh, but I did though, I decided with Dark as well, I would hear it in English rather than in its native language and reading the English subtitles. But that's me. A lot of people are different. Most people are different as a matter of fact. But tell us what you think. Get, uh, get in touch with us. Uh, at Twitter, I'm on, uh, my handle is at Stephen Fennec, at Stephen spelt with a PH. Tell me if you're a subtitle fan or not and just say day if you're on Twitter. Just say good day. Tell me uh, you heard me on my podcast, and I will reply, I promise. If you want to read a bit more about the Gen Z research, it's very interesting. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. Uniden have just released their new AppCam Solo Pro 2K camera. This is an outdoor security camera. So it's designed for Australian weather conditions and Australian homes. has a 2k resolution. That's important because this is, it's a, at, at the higher resolutions where you can actually zoom in to view objects even closer. So if you're thinking of buying a security camera, I think you really need to think about where it's going to be placed and how how like with the unit it's got a 120 degree field of view, which is quite wide. So I think you really need to work out whether you need a higher resolution camera like this. The other other brand is uh, in the market, one of the leaders is Arlo, and they actually have a 4K camera. So you can just imagine if you've got a wide area to cover, that added resolution means you can zoom in on live video and recorded video to see more detail. So with the Uniden, the 2K camera gives you uh, that added resolution to be able to do just that. So I think you really need to think about, am I covering my driveway, my backyard, my front yard, the area, or is it just your porch you're covering? These are the things you need to ask yourself. And the Uniden, the the AppCam Solo Pro 2K is suitable in all those situations. And it works well night and day. The one thing people forget about on a security camera, apart from the actual camera, there's a spotlight. And the spotlight can be, you you can set it so that it's triggered by movement. So if it if it sees something, if it detects movement, boom, the light comes on, and the person who may be lurking about will think, okay, where's that light coming from? Oops, it's coming from a camera. I'm out of here. And that and that, again, that's another great thing of having a security camera like the Uniden AppCam Solo Pro, is it's a visual deterrent as well. It's quite big, well not big, it's like easily. You're not going to miss it if you if it's mounted up on your wall there. So it's visible enough for the burglar to think. You know what? I'm not going to go near that because it's a camera. It's going to record me. So, and and even if it's at night, that spotlight comes into play because not only does it turn on if it detects movement, but it also offers through the spotlight color night vision. So there, there's a lot of detail that it can pick up even at night. Now, the the camera itself. Is obviously you can you can view it live through the Solo app, and you can also set uh, intelligent alerts. So there is onboard AI to give you alerts. So it's got separate alerts for a person or a vehicle on your property, but it goes further than that. The Uniden camera also has thermosense technology. Now this is a a tech technology that ha- detects heat and movement before it triggers a notification. Anyone who owns a, a camera and has set it to send notifications if there's any movement, they'll uh, understand what I say about the nuisance factor. If you've got a camera that's maybe aimed in your front yard and maybe can can spot the road, then if there's any tree swaying in the breeze or a dog walking past or you know, someone, a car driving past, these are going to be detected as movement, and you could be just bombarded with these with these notifications. So in the case of the Uniden, the ThermoSense technology that will, unless it's detected heat and movement, you're going to reduce those numbers of false notifications, which are on a regular security camera, they're triggered quite easily by, like I said, that sort of benign activity, they call it. That's not not really worth worrying about if there's a tree blowing in the breeze in front of your house. Now, the AppCam Solo, as I said, can be monitored through your the smartphone app to view live footage. Uh, there's also two-way clear two-way audio as well, so you can talk to whoever's in front of the camera, like it might be a courier delivering something, delivering a package. You can talk to them through the camera, uh, and it is also possible to store your footage on an SD card inside the camera. So if you if you don't want to have the Uniden cloud service, which offers up to seven days of free cloud backup. Uh, you can choose to store the footage on an SD card. You can also, there are plans for those unit and cloud service plans for those who want to store footage longer than seven days. So you may have to pay a few bucks per month, but it's got 2k super HD resolution, hundred percent wire-free over Wi-Fi, AI intelligent alerts, color night vision, two way talk, thermosense technology as well rechargeable battery there's optional solar panel too so if you want non-stop power you can uh, have a solar panel uh, just installed right next to the camera so that you can just set this thing and forget it there's a built-in siren as well it's weatherproof of course ip65 and it does come with a two-year australian warranty it's priced at 279.95 and the AppCam solo plus solar panel is 99.95 if you want to make it a little set you can do that. And if you want to find out any more details, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated, Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by our good friends at Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information, and more. Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personal details and, if discovered, it will notify you. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution with real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, parental control to help manage your kids' online time, school time to manage your child's remote learning, a password manager to generate store and manage your passwords and other credentials more securely, safe cam for PC and SMS security as well. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, smartphones or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or an electrical retailer. And now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennick. All righty, let's open it up for the uh, reviews. We're going to kick it off with the Google Pixel Buds Pro. Now, these are the first Google Pixel Buds with active noise cancellation on board. Uh, They have a similar shaped charging case, to the previous model, uh, but these have a different shape of earbuds, and they have also, if you're an Android user, you can take advantage of Google Fast Pair. So this is what you open you you un open up the the Google Pixel Buds Pro, uh, and on your Android device, it pops up on the front and says connect, just like if you've got AirPods with an iPhone. So this is the version of that if you're an Android user. So it just makes connecting really easy. Next thing it does, by the way, once you've done that, it checks your ear tip seal. So you put them in your ears, play some play some sound, and it allows you then to it, it tries to it, it suggests the better fit if you've got a nice seal on the, in the with the ear tips. It does check that seal by playing the sound for about twenty seconds. Uh, so you're able to make sure that you've got the correct fit. because so it does come with three ear tips. I think the medium one's already installed. Then you've got a smaller and a larger in the box as well. Uh, that's impressive to, to begin with. Uh, the they, the ear, earbuds themselves are on the slightly larger side. They have this tapered shape. So when you, they're designed for you to put in your ear and then twist it into place. So if you don't do that properly, they could easily fall out. So if you have your ears are on the smaller side, uh, it might be these might not be the earphones for you. You've got to be able to fit them in, twist them into place to keep them secure. But once they're in, the seal, for our ears, we must have bigger ears. They fit us pretty snugly, locked in place when we twisted them into position, and we were good to go. Uh, and again, they're designed to create that passive seal with the ear tips, while the active noise cancellation then does the rest of the, of the rest of the work, making sure that all the outside noises are eliminated. Now, here's an interesting thing too: it has built-in sensors that can measure the pressure in your ear canal, so it, it can actually it, it works like a pressure valve. So you know when you, you wear some earphones, it's like having your, your fingers in your ears. So anything, whether you're eating or walking, you hear everything through your head. So it's not going to with the, with this pressure, this pressure measurement and relief there. It's not going to feel like your ears are blocked, and you're not going to hear your footsteps in your head if you're walking or running. You know what I mean when when that happens. I think the AirPod uh, Air, AirPods Pro AirPod Pro has a similar feature. Uh, the active noise cancellation is uh, the result of six core audio chips that is as a proprietary Google algorithm on board. There's some microphones that do the listening. Uh, quality of the active noise cancellation was impressive. Nowhere near in my to my ears wasn't as good as the more expensive earphones in terms of the level of noise cancellation. So it was above average, not excellent. There is also a transparency mode. So that for those times where you want to hear what's happening outside, so you, whether you're listening for your flight number, the, the train platform, whatever you want to hear, someone comes to talk to you, the transparency mode, with you, you can activate that with a long press on either earbud. That was excellent. One of the best transparency modes we ever heard. It really, it, everything was heard really clearly. Uh, that worked great. But uh, let's talk audio quality, and I've got to say my first impression was a real full-bodied sound, rich, full-bodied, bit of scale to it, uh, and that's through – it's got 11-millimeter speaker drivers on board. There's a bit of room in there, so it's got plenty of room to move. Uh, bass levels were – in my in my thoughts, were it was a bit conservative, could have been a little bit more, uh, but they still – overall package, still a satisfying and clear sound. Uh, and here's the other thing that impressed me too. You can turn these up quite loud. There's a lot of other brands that I think they 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 back off on the the maximum volume. Uh, Pixel Buds Pro, though, you can jack them right up uh, as, as, as loud as you want, uh, louder than any other earphones we've heard. It does, though, have a built-in volume equalizer. So that means even if you turn them up to the maximum, it's always looking to maintain the quality of the highs, mids, and lows so it's not blowing out and distorting. Uh, so yeah, I, I quite like that feature too. Now the outer surface of the Pixel Buds Pro, this is uh, that's your touch that's your touch panel, so you can navigate your music and even control the volume. So you adjust the volume by swiping forward uh, to increase, swipe backwards to turn it down. And it, this look, this took for me. This took a little bit of uh, getting used to because how the the buds fit in my ear. The panel didn't present itself flatly uh, on my ear. So it was at a bit of an angle. So the surface area for me to reach with my hand was slightly smaller. So look, there were times where I was trying to adjust the volume and I actually skipped the track and I tried to get transparency mode and I stopped the music. So it did take a little bit of getting used to of the sensitivity of those controls, but uh, generally, I think yeah. Uh, once once you got the hang of it, uh, they're pretty good. So you can adjusting volume and navigating your music without having to touch your device is, uh, is is a good thing. Now, the Google Assistant is also on board as well, so you can set that up. So you can actually just say, "Hey Google," and it's it's ready for you to either find directions, find information, uh, respond to text messages, things like that. All completely hands free, which is pretty cool. Uh, calls too were also not bad on the Ge- the Pixel Buds Pro, pretty clear. Uh, and you know, one of the better call experiences we've had with uh, making calls on earphones and headphones. So that was uh, that's a plus also. The, the earphones have multi-point connectivity. So that's where you can connect two devices at the same time. So you can have your computer and a tablet or laptop as well and it does work i remember at the top i said it will android have got a special connection once you pair it it does pair with iPhones by the way so pairs just as easily with iphone you just take you don't get access to the pixel buds app the pixel buds app though apart from updating the software and adjusting if you want to manually change from transparency to active noise cancellation doesn't do much else. There's no equalizers or nothing in it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it does work well with uh, iPhone and Android. The, uh, the, they have uh, on the battery side 11 hours of battery life, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, that's, that's a long time, but that's without active noise cancellation. If you, if you, you crank an ANC, you get seven hours of battery life, uh, so that makes a big difference. The charging case, though, provides a total of 31 hours of listening, so you're good to go there. Pixel Buds Pro, they're available in three colours, and I love how they name their colours. Charcoal, which is black. Fog, which I have no idea what colour that is. Lemongrass is what we had, and that's a lot of a greeny colour. And they're priced at 299 bucks. And if you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we are talking laptops. And in particular, the new laptop from Lenovo. This is the Yoga Slim 7 Pro X. Lenovo, their, their Yoga range of laptops are quite popular. This is the Lenovo Yoga Slim 7 Pro X. And I've described it as a laptop for power users and content creators. It's has a decent processor on board, has a nice 14.5 inch Lenovo Pure Sight 3K display. It's got 120 hertz adaptive refresh rate, resolution of 3072 by 1920, so pretty sharp. Is 15.9 millimeters thick, weighs just 1.45 kilograms. Now, that's impressive because it has a 92.5% screen-to-body ratio, and that's with cameras still located above the display. So there's a full HD camera up there, and uh, and that's the welcome camera. You know, when you unlock it with your face, that's up there as well. So there's like a little little area of its own that sort of that springs out. Not not quite a notch. It it or actually it is a notch. It it, it it comes above the the level of the edge of the screen at the top there. Uh, but the re- around the other sides of the screen, really thin bezels as well. Some of the thim- thinnest we've seen, actually. It, uh, I love how that there's nothing to distract you. It's all screen that you're looking at. And the screen itself was, as I said, bright and sharp and looked great. Content looked good. Photos, videos, website, amazing with all of that. And and I love the aspect ratio too. 16 by 10. And that's an, a, a slightly wider than square, But that's a really good shape for browsing websites and applications. Like, you know, a website, if it's if it's too narrow, you're constantly scrolling. It doesn't capture enough of the site in one in one go. I I do like the 16 by 10. So it was a nice middle ground there where it was just enough to read enough without having to scroll every two seconds. And of course, applications were fit inside that window as well. So nice screen real estate to work with there. And being a yoga tablet. Means that the screen can fold all the way back, and I'm not talking down like a like a to use it as a tablet. You can fold the laptop flat. So the if you were to push the the screen as far back as you can, it'll be flat, level with the keyboard. So you can kind of position that screen and use it more like a tablet. In that in that it does have a touch screen, so you can use it like a tablet in that position. The display is uh, Dolby Vision HDR certified. So it shows nice bright colors as well as nice color contrast. So that's pretty good. So whatever you're viewing or editing, it's going to look pretty nice. On the audio side, I've got to say, the device has uh, pretty good quality here through top-firing Dolby Atmos certified Harman stereo speakers. So you're getting this 3D surround sound experience right from the laptop. I really like that. Now, in terms of the refresh rate, I mentioned there are three different modes. So you can have low mode, which varies the refresh rate from 30 to 60 hertz, and high mode, which takes things up to 120, or auto mode, which can adjust uh, the refresh rates automatically and dynamically. So I think that's probably – I would opt for high mode. So take things up to 120 hertz. Uh, so th- that would be my choice, and that sort of smooths things out when you're playing games and watching movies and things like that on it, or uh, whatever graphics you happen to be playing. You know, if, if it's a game, you're editing video, that also helps that as well. The it does have a thin design, and that that's down to the fact that it's it's contained in this aerospace grade aluminium chassis, and it's really got sort of nice curved, sleek look. Uh, it does have the True Strike keyboard. And I like the travel on this. It's got 1.3 millimeter key travel. Key travel is the distance that when you press the key, that's how far it's going to be able to be pressed down. So low key travel means it's not going to move much. A lot of key travel means it's going to move a fair bit. And different people like different things. And the higher the key travel, the higher that number means might be, some people may find that a little bit more difficult to type and others may find that a little noisy, so there's all, all these things that come into play. Now, in uh, in the Lenovo's case, I, I found that to be quite smooth, responsive, and also quiet. It wasn't too loud at all. The touchpad, too, that's a monster this time, bigger. It's 20% bigger, actually, than the previous model. Covers an area of 13 centimeters by 8 centimeters. So that's plenty of room for you to navigate. Also, good for multi multiple gestures as well. You can uh, you can have on the on the trackpad. Now the 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 Slim Seven Pro X is powered by the AMD Ryzen six thousand series, the HS Creator Edition. Uh, that's the top of on top of the updated AMD Zen three plus core. So the result is it's 2.1 times faster than the 5000 series. Uh, and you also get greater power efficiency as well, thanks to the new adaptive power management feature on board. And the result of that too is long battery life. It was uh, easily a day and a bit when if you before, and that's that's intense work on, the, on it as well, before you even need to reach for your power cable. Now, the, also on board is the Lenovo X Power Performance Tuning Technology. What this does, it brings the hardware and software even closer together. It knows it, it knows it needs to sometimes cool things down. It's got a heat conduction system. Uh, that's a, there's a dual six millimeter heat pipe that can transfer heat away from the processor and bring in cool air and get rid of the hot air. So that they've got two customized turbo fans on board. So don't be afraid to push it because it does have a cooling system that comes into play. Uh, there's also scenario tuning which lets you fine-tune and optimize certain applications to maximize performance. Like it might be Adobe Premiere Pro or some other high-end application. You can do that, so it's not going to blow a gasket. You know it's tuned to, uh, to go hard here, and that's what it does. And gaming, if you're a gamer, good news is there's an onboard NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1650 onboard, the GPU, and that means you can play the latest high-quality games and uh, that also means clearer calls and, and video as well. So you're able to enjoy that, whether it's gaming or video conferencing, it's got you covered. The There's a, there's a physical camera privacy shutter button as well. I know that's really uh, for peace of mind. A lot of people like to know the fact that they can actually disconnect the camera, not only just cover the camera, but also disconnect it from the internet. That, that's something a lot of PCs, uh, laptops are, are uh, including you know, on board, and this one is no exception that does that as well. There's also the smart appearance. Now, considering how we've been working for the last couple of years, The the smart appearance can let you blur your background really nicely and enhance your video. It also can adjust your background lighting even to give you a much cleaner look in the foreground there. It also has smart noise cancellation through an array of microphones, and it does use AI to eliminate background noise, so you're going to be heard clearly in your conference call or if you happen to be recording some audio. Uh, On the connectivity side, you've got two USB-C ports, two USB-A ports, and a headphone jack. It does come with 16 gig of RAM and either 5, 12 gig or one terabyte SSD. That's solid state drive uh, for your storage. It's also Wi-Fi 6E compatible, which is good news. So that's if you've got a Wi-Fi 6E router at home, you are going to see this uh, go a little bit faster on your network. Uh, battery life, I've mentioned too, up to 15.5 hours of video playback. It's got a 70 watt a watt hour lithium ion battery. So, uh, yeah, you're not going to be left wanting for this one. Easily get through a normal workday and cruise even into the morning of the next day with power left in the tank. The, uh, and, and even if you do need a quick charge, the Rapid Charge Express, if you just plug it in for 15 minutes, you get an additional three hours of usage. Uh, like I said, the Yoga Slim 7 Pro, for if you want to create content and get have the power at your fingertips when you need it to really get through your more demanding applications, it's actually not a bad laptop to have by your side. The Lenovo Yoga Slim 7 Pro X priced at $2,749. If you want to find out more, check out our story at techguide.com.au. Next up, we are talking about the Oppo A77 5G smartphones. We spoke last week about the Moto, the uh, that that uh, 5G phone, and Oppo has now come to the party with two versions of this device under 500. There's there's a a version with four gig of RAM, 64 gig storage. That's 449. Then there's a six gig RAM and 128 gig storage for an extra 50 bucks, 499. So you're getting 6.5-inch 90-hertz screen with a resolution of 1612 by 720 and that's got up to 600 nits of brightness just there. You're getting a really slick design, too. I quite like the design of this. So the square edges, looks a bit like the iPhone 13 in terms of the the edges, the square edges. It's just 7.9 millimeters thick. Uh, it's also durable too. It does go through some rigorous testing, Elpo says. the 130 reliability tests, 320 quality tests. So they do drop tests and various things. Like that and includes dropping the phone 28,000 times from a height of 10 centimetres and 32 drops from a metre. Uh, it's also got an IPX4 rating. So it's water resistant and safe to use in all weather conditions as well. Now, on the camera side, you've got a 48-megapixel dual camera system that's smart enough to get your portrait shots and enhance them even further. There's a proprietary algorithm on board. So if you want to fine-tune your selfies, you can do that with this device. It's got eight areas of customization and 100 levels of intensity in each of those areas. So you can really smooth out your skin and you soften the fine lines and you're always looking your best. What I like too about this is that it has AI scene enhancement, which means that whatever you aim the camera at, it can recognize what's in front of it. So it's sunset, a blue sky, a field, whatever it's looking at, it can can recognize what it is and optimize the image to give you the best possible result. Now, the A775G is powered by the MediaTek Dimensity 810 system on a chip. So it's pretty decent performance, also has a dedicated graphics chipset as well on board. Now, this has a decent battery life thanks to the 5,000 milliamp hour battery, but it does have 33 watt Super VUC charging, that's Super and V spelled V-O-O-C. Now, what this means is that, and this remarkable technology that Oppo has developed over the years, you can charge this phone completely in just 68 minutes which is incredible. So this that means if you woke up and hadn't charged your phone and it's dead, that means if, you, if you've got an hour to spare before you go to work or go to school, you can charge the phone completely in 68 minutes. And if you don't have 68 minutes, a quick five-minute charge can give you one and a half hours of YouTube video streaming as well. So really, if you get down to it, you can charge this in 68 minutes. That's really impressive. The 77 5G, the 4 gig, 64 gig storage version, 449 You can get that from Oppo's Australian store, online store, and Officeworks. The 77 5G from Oppo with 6 gig and 128 gig storage is 499 You can get that from JB Hi-Fi, Big W, Australia Post, The Good Guys, Bing Lee, Harvey Norman, and Woolworths. If you want to find out more, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole-home mesh system, opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash Best Wi Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. So if you're looking for a some cables, a power bank, MagSafe accessories, a charging stand, so many products in their portfolio, you can check it out at belkin.com forward slash au. Now, I've had a few people contact me with an interesting question. And it's all about our Wi-Fi connectivity or our general connectivity at home. And I had one person in particular say that they have a really good connection. They've got fast internet. Their TV is hardwired to the TV, and yet they're experiencing buffering while streaming. And the what I thought was the, was the issue here was the fact that Perhaps the either the service they're using, whether it's I know for a fact Ko Sports have an issue with caching, so they do have an instruction guide on their on their website on how to clear the cache on your particular television. So that's uh, the cache is where the memory is built up so that things are. are, are appear on the screen faster. It's typically used on a browser as well. So if you're viewing a website a lot, it sort of keeps a version of that in the cache so that when you do go back to that website, it's got a version there ready to go and then it just finds the differences and updates it really quickly. Rather than having to reload the page every single time completely, it uses the cache. So if you're connected with that and you're still getting the buffering then I would check the connection, check the cable, make sure that all that's fine. But if you're if you're buffering with good internet on Wi-Fi, then there are a few things you need to do. You can uh, you can do you can close all your other applications. So Wi-Fi, you really need to set it up properly. But you can do things like closing other applications that might be interfering. You can also reduce the video quality as well. Like if you don't want to watch something in 4K, for example, you might want to watch, just watch it in HD. That can also help. Uh, you can also, if there's any other devices on your network that maybe doesn't need to be on the network, or if you've got a section of the network where all your smart devices are, there might be one, uh, you might have a gig, 2.4 gigahertz band is typically where smart devices go, or another, you can, you can maybe connect it through, through the 5 gigahertz part of that band. The other thing, of course, is the simple solution is to try a wired connection. Wired connections are always a lot more reliable. Even if you might have the fastest Wi-Fi in the world, it's never going to be a wired connection. There's just no doubt at all. Wireless, there's there's room for error. If it's wired, there's less room for error. So if I had a choice between wireless and with an Ethernet connection, I would always choose the Ethernet. That is our show for this week. Thank you for listening. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about, you can find everything at techguide.com.au and feel free to get in touch with us as well. Info at techguide.com.au is where you can send me an email or just click on the Ask Stephen icon on the website and that will send an email to me as well. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.